Hello, I'm Tyler Kopko. I'm Sloan Simon. I'm Danielle Pena. I'm Bree Gardner. And this is our Frankenstein podcast, the first. <laughs> so, first thing we're going to do is we're going to try to explain up to chapter 14 in 30 seconds, and then we're going to vote on who did the best, which will be me. So, that's, that's very bold. That's very bold. Mine's going to take way too long. I think... I'm, wait, I'll set it. I'll time it. All right. Um, okay. Sloan, so since, since you think like you're going to be the best at it, why don't you just. Um... I will, like, time you, and I will tell you, you, like, that's it. No more. Okay, I'll, like, talk really fast. Okay, oh, wait. Are you okay. ready? Hold on, I'm not ready. Someone else go. Someone else go. Wait, okay. let me change my timer so it's not party in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want, I would like to keep that. I would like to keep that. No, okay, fine. Okay. You want, we'll, we'll keep it party in the USA. Um, <laughs> okay. Sloan, 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 so since you think you're gonna, Sloan, since you think you're going to be the best, you set the bar for everybody. Yeah. Okay, fine. So... Most of the worst. 30 seconds. Okay, three, two, one. So basically, Frankenstein marries his friend's daughter, and then he gives birth to, like, Victor Frankenstein, and Frankenstein Frankenstein gets a sister, and then he wants to, like, do things with his sister, but then he goes to college, but his mom died. Then he goes to college, and then he, like, makes a monster because he's just, like, silly like that, and then he, like, gets scared, and then he sees his childhood friend, and then he's like, oh, bestie, and then they go back to their hometown, and then he sees the monster, and the monster kills his little brother, and then stuff happens, and then he sees the monster again, and the monster can talk, and the monster's cool now, and he's like, yeah, I like people, and then the monster, yeah. Okay, that was it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was good too. Okay. Oh, no. That's kind of hard to beat, Sloan. Yeah. I know, I told yeah. you. I set the bar pretty high. Okay, you can go, Danielle. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Tell me what. Three, two, one, go. Through his letters to his dear sister Elizabeth, Walton describes his voyage to the North Pole. He depicts the places he visits in his ship and shipmates, though. What really struck his eye was when he was in the North Pole and saw a man being pulled by dogs on a sled, then another one the next day. The other seconds. man and his dogs, though, sadly, the... What? 15 seconds! Oh, the dogs died from the icebreaker and was offered to come aboard by the ship by Walton. In his poor condition, the man could barely speak to tell his tale, but when he finally trusted Walton, his stories revealed something absurd. The man named Victor Frankenstein had a loving mother and father who adopted... Okay, so we got to the first, <laughs> the first chapter. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to do, like, the, the like, letters. I skipped the letters. That was my bad. my turn last but not least or last but least um (laughs) wow (laughs) okay ready yeah three two one okay so walton is three two one go okay so walton is sailing to the north pole and then he meets a guy on on the ice and then they become best friends and then hava frank adopts and marries uh the his best friend's daughter and then um they make a child, and then that's little Frankenstein, and then he uh, become 
like wants to have sex with his sister um and then this is so good, <laughs> so good. It's and then all the bases. and then he goes yeah. to college and then he makes a monster <laughs> and then <laughs> i was being interrupted this is not fair Okay, sorry. Like, he, he wants to. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, so. I don't know who to vote for. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have to vote. Um, yes, well, you got through the most stuff. I should have skipped yeah. the last. Danielle yeah. was in the most detail, but, like, she got to the first I, I got. I think I got through the um, letters the fastest. Definitely not. Yeah, I feel like we all succeeded <laughs> in different ways. Either Bree or Sloan. No, I, I didn't even. I say Sloan because Sloan actually got. Sloan, to yeah, Sloan basically yeah, okay, covered Sloan. all the chapters. So. Wow, I'm like a prophet. I guess I'd succeed. Sloan, you get, okay, the, you get a gold star. I revoke your title. I give it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get that was the fun star. part. Now we have to do like the actual educational stuff. All right, so that's the end of this segment. So I'm five gonna end minutes the recording. each. Okay, welcome back. So the first question is. Victor's character development. Discuss Victor's sense of self and responsibility for his actions. And then it says, go up from the beginning of the book to chapter 14. Well, in the beginning of the book, he's like with the letters, right? With the random guy. Mm-hmm. Walt. Yeah. A boy. Yeah. Uh, so, Walt. I mean, at that point, he seems like he's really depressed and he almost dies, basically. So it seems like he kind of doesn't want to regrets his past yeah he doesn't want to live with whatever happens in the book from chapter 14 onward he's going through it yeah he really is but talking about like baby victor i mean i think he's pretty responsible i think baby victor was like good baby victor was a good kid and then he He, got the alchemy book and it went down i mean he did want to sleep with his sister so okay well like why everyone's perfect you know (laughs) Sorry, we can't all be like you. That's a little little strange. (laughs) I feel like his first, like, adventure or whatever started when he got his book. The book. Yeah, I feel like that's when he started developing his sense of self and what, like, made him so interested in the sciences. I think think that he also, um, like, when he was in college, he used science and studying as a way to cope with his mom's death. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I feel like it devolves. At first, it was just a fascination with science, and then he discovers chemistry, and then he goes, I'm going to play God, and I'm going to make a guy. Yeah. Like, in that two-year span of him building the creature, it's just him totally going insane. And then, after the fact, he realizes he can't play God, and then he's like, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, but it's like borderline um, just obsession and like addiction at that point. Like you'd be like, oh, he's so engaged in his studies. Then he takes it over the top and it's just yeah, like, he's it's just yeah. It's like no one likes science that much. I also yeah. I also think that one of the reasons why he wanted to make the monster is because maybe he wanted to bring back his mom. I mean, yeah, I guess he could try to feel like or prevent something like that from happening again. Yeah, it's something, I think it's something with, like, he felt out of control, and he was, like, there was no way to save her, so he felt like, oh, I can, like, it's a way that he can be in control. Yeah, I I mean, if something were to happen to Elizabeth or something, maybe Uh he could prevent her death. But, like, science became too easy for him, and so he wanted to, like, break the barriers and go beyond it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But then I feel like after he creates the monster and then after he hangs out with Clerval and kind of becomes normal again, he doesn't really care about the monster, like, at all. He, I mean, it does cross his mind and it causes him pain, but it's not, like, pain in the way that he regrets creating it. It's more pain in the way that he, like, is afraid of it, but not afraid of what it can do to other people. It's kind of a selfish fear, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it when... seems like the creature kind of like disappears from his mind after until it kills his little brother yeah. and then it ruins and then suddenly it matters again that's a little not good i mean because we don't really know if the creatures killed anyone else up to this point like in between killing yeah. the brother and its creation mm-hmm. would he care the monster like kills justine or like um his brother he doesn't really take responsibility for those actions of like the creature killing them he doesn't stand up and so it leads to a he just like wallows in his own self-pity that oh i'm so troubled because i made someone kill someone like i literally created a being and this being was so confused that i it just killed people like (laughs) kind of like save justine or like he's like i know she's innocent but Hmm, but it was my creation. Yeah, Elizabeth does more than he does. Yeah, like... Yeah, he's he, kind of being like, selfish at that point. And Elizabeth only just thinks she's innocent. Like, she doesn't have any evidence that she is. She just, like, has a feeling. He knows. Yeah, he knows. And he yeah. Knows. I think I'm crazy. Victor, come on. Victor! So, Victor, just stand up. Put on your big boy pants. Only, yeah, the only time he takes any accountability for his actions is when it affects him. Like, when yeah. his, like, sweet, dear sister lover is sad. Then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think? So bad. Like, like he didn't do anything about the creature when it left from his, like, sight. He didn't do anything until it really affected his life and killed his brother. <laughs> Yeah, would it terrify you? Of course it would. It's a big monster, but I feel like when you're dealing with it on a slab for, like, two years, you should be prepared and not just run away and let it, like, wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he's kind of incompetent in that regard. Yeah. So, his sense of self, I feel like he's just a very cocky dude. I feel like he doesn't realize that his actions have consequences until the consequences happen. He's entitled. He's very entitled. He's like a little rich white boy. I mean, that was also that was also kind of how he was raised. He wasn't really disciplined or anything when he was younger. Oh yeah. So, he was like given a lover, given a sister cousin lover. Yeah. Yeah, so, literally. So like, now, imagine if your parents got you the hottest person imaginable as a gift. Like, be yeah. like, here's your wife, and it's like Margot Robbie. So like, like <laughs> so like now he's just like, oh, I'm still gonna get everything, but he doesn't. Exactly, so, and then yeah. when that happens, he doesn't know how to act. Yeah, exactly. He, like, finds his life passion and then destroys it. He's just incompetent. He's just, he's, like, a, it's, like, a little white boy who goes to college. He somehow gets into, like, an Ivy League, and then he has this passion, and then the passion's just really stupid and hurts people, and he goes, oh, no. Anyways. <laughs> oh, no. So he's I, like, mommy, help me, but. <laughs> he's like, daddy, can you, like, get me out of this lawsuit? Like, it's just. Daddy, can I have some money, oh please? Yeah, he's the kid who doesn't get into a sport, and so his dad calls the coach. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I hate those people. Like, he's like the girl. What's her name? The daughter of um, the chick from Full House that got into USC because her parents paid for it. Olivia Jade. That's what he reminds oh, me of. Yeah. 
I feel like he just like skated through life and then didn't know how to act when it got difficult. Yeah. And just yeah. something else for his own fault. He like ran away to nature basically. Yeah, he's just like, Oh pretty while this monster is like killing people. Yeah, like Aww. he's like, But look at this glacier. Look at the <laughs> And he runs into the monster and he's like, I don't wanna kill you and the monster's like, You literally made me and you made yeah. me suffer and he's like, Well it's your fault, you're alive. He's like, like, You're my enemy, don't talk to me No, <laughs> it's literally so dumb. So that's what we think about that. <laughs> Yes. Period. Yeah. End scene. End scene. Okay, so the next question is talking about nature's role in this section of reading. Discuss the poem and how the speaker of the poem compares and contrasts with Victor and the creature. Based on your own experience, do you agree or disagree with the speaker? What's, what are you guys' opinions on this? It's on the poem. I mean... I- Oh, sorry, go, go, go. go. Wait, the poem of Wordsworth? The Wordsworth guy. The one we read. Wordsworth. I agree with the poem. No, I do too. But I do feel like knowledge and like what we learn in school is really useless at some of them and nature. I mean, it's just so much better to learn from nature. Like, I grew up going camping once a month for my entire childhood. And I feel like I learned a lot surrounded by seven-year-old girls and, like, just trees than I did in those first years of school. Are talking about Indian princesses? I most definitely am. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like another thing that the poem's highlighting is that in our modern age, we spend a lot of our time on technology and stuff. And it's not really useful because we're just making our attention span decrease and, like being all antsy all the time and wanting that instant gratification where if we spent more time in nature it would be a lot different yeah i feel like before people spent more on education and books than um nature and now that technology is here everyone's spending time on technology that we don't even focus on books or nature yeah i just feel like you can learn so much from just taking a hike there's so many trails. Just go on a trail, look around, see a bird, and be like, wow, this exists. Like, this is real. Come like, nature was given to us. Trails. Yeah, it's just like, we're destroying it at such a rapid rate, and that's what Wordsworth is all about. Like, that's why he wrote his poetry to kind of dispel the Industrial Revolution and try to save some nature. Just because it is so beautiful, and there are so many creatures and, like, plants and animals that live in it that just make our world so unique because we're the only planet so far that is known to have like complex life yeah and nature is like learning about human life and what was given to us and then books is like learning about stuff that we made up i mean the native americans had it right when they appreciated nature and every aspect of it and if they did have to kill something like they used everything yeah just because there's not a lot to go around there's only so much and once we squander it all then what then we're just another planet with no life. Like, yeah. Exactly. These are going to descend into, like, nothingness, which is just so terrifying to me. I said that I, like, somewhat agree with the poem because I agree with his view on nature and, like, it has so much to offer if we only, like, prioritize that rather than, like, engaging in just destructive things and, like, technology and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but also, like, I think education is important to a certain extent. Like... I think we shouldn't all just be like, I mean, yeah, we can't be like, guys, let's go take a hike. <laughs> but Brandon. also, like, how far is Y equals MX plus B? How far is that going to get you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So far. 
I feel like there's definitely certain things we need to know or else we're going to be like your average country hicks that existed in that time period. Like, yeah, you're going to need to know how to write a good essay. And yeah, you're going to need to know how to write or like do your taxes. But do we even get taught those things? Nope. <laughs> like, no. I mean, like the essay, yes. But the, like, I don't know how to do taxes. I don't know. I don't know what tax returns are. Tax? They yeah. give you like, your money back. Like, anything about life. It's... All the stuff that I feel like we need to know is not taught unless you choose to learn it. Mm-hmm. So I feel and, like that can go then, as far as, like, if you taught. want to survive in the wilderness, like, go outside and eat a bear. I don't know. Just go off the grid? Yeah, just go off the grid. Fake your death. I feel like, like I would, want, I feel like like I would want to do that for a year. Yeah, just for, like, like, like fun. Fake like, your death. Fake your death. Live in the wild and die. For real. Okay. okay. We missed a part of the question. I mean, not. Yeah, how does it. I thought we were going to go back to it. So. Contrast with Victor. Yeah, let's talk about that. I think they both have very similar ideas, Victor and Wordsworth. I mean, they, like, were friends in real life, like Shelly and Wordsworth. Or at least they're in the same genre. So I feel like the idea that, like, Victor is rejuvenated when he goes into nature is kind of similar to Wordsworth's idea that, like, the scholar once getting up from his studies is gonna enjoy the outdoors a lot more than he thought he would i just think it's Mm -hmm. funny because i feel like victor is like kind of on two opposite sides of like the spectrum of what wordsworth is saying like he's like at once like victor was super like obsessed with studies and like the sciences of everything but then he kind of strayed away from that and then like you saw all the content of him like enjoying nature and like just describing everything so I feel like it's kind of funny how they're... You kind of, like, experience both sides of it. I mean, you could even go as far as to say, like, he was the Industrial Revolution, and then he made something that scared him through machinery, like, machinery, which is the creature, mm-hmm. and then he, like, reverts to romanticism again, and, like, alchemy and all, like, the peaceful, nice things. I feel like another thing is mm-hmm. he is very entitled in the story, um, and in nature you can't be that way because you have to kind of find everything in be more like scavenge things and stuff like that um and he doesn't know how to do that because he just get it gets everything given to him yeah the only king in the jungle is the lion so i mean lions live in savannah so it's a really dumb saying but <laughs> it makes sense. say tigers tigers are in jungles yeah there you go there you go big cat okay uh-huh. but then i feel like the creature is the complete opposite of wordsworth because when he's in nature he's like suffering I mean, kind of, because he talks about how cold it was every night and how he had to sleep on, like, the like, cold, wet ground. And it just doesn't sound very pleasant. Is that a man-made or nature? Like, it's like a mix of nature and man-made. Yeah, but of. he, like, talks about when he lives in the little shed, how much better it is just because it is enclosed and how he can interact mm-hmm. with mankind and that kind of the creature was like doing good when he was out in nature like finding food and then starting the fire to cook it with Mm -hmm. but then when he was like like um observing the cottage and the people and he learned that like men men aren't accepted in society unless they're rich and like handsome which he's not and so he like wants to like destroy that knowledge yeah i feel like yeah I get I can see that because it's kind of like he's kind of bored of nature until he realizes that mankind and 
society and industrialization is just as terrible, but in a different way. In nature, though, it's unforgiving sometimes. is overall just better. Yeah. Okay, well, fine. Period. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, it's the end of that scene. <laughs> okay, so the third question is, how does Victor approach his studies at the University of Ingolstadt? How is this approach different from your approach to your studies? How does Victor choose a mentor? Do you have a mentor? How would your studies be different if your mentoring situation were different? Okay, so my opinion on Victor and his studies, he literally just throws himself at everything, learns everything he can, like physically everything he can possibly learn, and then just makes his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he excels at everything that he can, and so he goes further into, like, craziness. I mean, he... Ex- he's crazy he, with knowledge. He excels at what he he wants to excel at, but then he's like, oh, people haven't done this yet. I want to be the first one to do it. I want to make a name for myself. But then it goes horribly wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's honestly... He, like, wants to be more than human. Wait, what? Are you saying, wait, what to me? Yeah, because I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. I was saying that, like, he has... Honestly, he's, he's a good student. He got... He's, it's like... He's a great student. He's just a psycho. Yeah. For the right reason. Like, yeah, I... you want to make a name for yourself. Did you have to make a creature that <laughs> kill people? No, you didn't. But... I mean, you could just, like... I don't know, like, make a bunny have two heads or something. Yeah, like, that one guy in China. That, honestly, <laughs> that, honestly yeah. though, that's more psychotic. <laughs> yeah, True. <laughs> No, it's just, I mean, his approach to his studies, I like learning from experience, and I like taking my time and going into things that really interest me. He just, like, plunges himself so deep that he just, that's all he does. That's all he knows. Yeah. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, go to the library every once in a while to just hang out with the boys. No, he literally, all he does is study, like, wake up, maybe eat once, and then study more, and then build a monster, like, yeah, he, like, devours himself in his work, and, like, doesn't take a breath, and so he spends two years creating on something, and doesn't even realize, like, the craziness of it all until it's all over. I mean, Corval even says when he runs into him, he's like, you look terrible. You look like you haven't seen sun in two years, which he probably hasn't. So it's just, like, you can't force yourself into your work that much that you lose every other aspect of your life. Like, he doesn't talk to his family, He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't do anything but work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like compared to how we study in, like, grades in different subjects, he didn't really have that. He, like, just Mm -hmm. put it all into that one, like, chemistry. I mean, when I think something's really interesting, like, I'll throw myself at it. Like, I'll, you know, work really hard to understand everything, like, about it. Like, if I'm like, whoa, you know, World War II was so sick. Like, then I'll, like, read a book about it and be like, nice. But I don't just... That's not my entire life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's one of those yeah. things, like, if that were to dissolve and you would have no personality left, that means you're a little bit too obsessed at that. Yeah, if all you can talk about is chemistry, like, get a get a hobby. Do some knitting. Do a paint by numbers. Like, do something. I mean, to be honest, his, his hobby was creating life. Well, like, that's a pretty lame hobby. <laughs> yeah. Just freaking crochet or something. <laughs> Like the rest of us. Knitting. Go on a hike. I don't know. Play some Minecraft. Goes on hikes later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Steve No. But. And then his mentor, his first, like, mentor was M. Kremt, which he didn't like because he, like, 
Yeah, Krampus fake. His alchemy studies and what he first, like, inspired him. And then he saw um, M. Waldman, who, like, really pushed him towards learning more of chemistry and not really alchemy, but also supported how he was studying that. Yeah. Well, he... yeah, because alchemy was the base, like, the basis for chemistry. So he, he instead of discrediting it, like, discrediting it, like, like this um, is old. our boy Kremp, he, like, was like, oh, that's really cool. Anyways, here's the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Trump was fake. He was toxic and dismissive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but then it, but it's, I, it's so easy when someone's new to something. Like, even, like, nerdy, like, stuff. You can say, like, some person can walk in and be like, oh, yeah, I love, like, the three original Spider-Man movies with, like, that one guy. And then someone will be like, you want to watch new ones with Tom Holland? Those ones are really good, too. Like, you can just say that, oh, yeah, those are good, but here are the new ones that are even better. Like, it's not hard just to discredit something. The new ones are way better. I don't want to hear it. Tom Holland. Oh, that's what it is. The Andrew Garfield ones are pretty good, too. I love oh, those. He's so... Yes. Oh, Tom Hiddleston? Yeah. Okay, off topic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, she loves Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we just made our... Yeah, I mean, I think if we just made our podcast all Avengers, she would give us straight A's. <laughs> no, but, it's, but, like, back on topic, though, it's just not... Like, choosing a mentor should be someone that respects your previous like endeavors like if you really liked the old stuff then they should be like okay but now i'm gonna teach you what i know yeah yeah waldman was really like supportive of him and stuff like i don't really have a mentor like that because i don't really know what i want to do oh my god there's a surf movie called north shore and that is a good mentor because the kid comes from arizona and surfs at like a wave pool but then this guy teaches how to save like surf in hawaii but he appreciates his old skills. It's not that hard just to be like a mentor that's like, you sucked, ne- but like you had good ideas, but now mm-hmm. let me make them better. Yeah. So that's that's how he chose his, and that's how I would choose mine. Yeah, same. I don't think I have a mentor. I think my mentor are like my parents. No, same. I think my mentors are like my siblings. For like, if you're talking about like academics and stuff, because like mm-hmm. they've taken like basically all the same classes, so I'm like, hey, yo, Emma, can you help me with this? And she's <laughs> no, I mean, I woke up this morning and my dad was like, you want to see your stocks account that I made? And he's like, here, you've earned three thousand dollars. And I was like, how did that happen? And he's like, boy, do I have a story for you? And he sat me down for thirty minutes and explained. Oh my god, higher stock market. Hey, so like can, your, can your dad invest some of my money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can give Maddie boy some. Finding some stocks in Doge. No, but I feel like I'm other people's mentors, though, in, like, a weird way. Like, if I see a little kid, like, I'm going to be like, hey, don't do drugs, you know? They're like, this lady told me not to do drugs. I'm not going to do them. As you should. Yeah. Come on, Slav. I feel like how my studies would be different. I mean, my parents enforce really good grades. Like, anything below an A is, like, an F, you know? Literally same. Yeah. Literally same, especially since... My parents didn't really enforce it, but now it's just the standard because I have so many siblings and they're like, hey, hey, AP class. <laughs> I just feel like it's even myself now. So yeah. if I didn't have my parents enforcing that at such a young age, I feel like I wouldn't be as smart and like hardworking as I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel like I'm my own mentor to do better and like be successful. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, I choose not to fail, but at first I didn't have a choice. Yeah, no. So it's no. like when I didn't have that choice, it was totally like what set me up now to hate failure myself. 
because it's not even the fear that I'll be reprimanded or something. It's the fear that, oh my God, like the self-loathing I have for getting like an 82 on my math test is like overwhelming. Like, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so that's what I feel like. So I feel like Victor, like the only reason he works so hard is because of the support he gets from Walden. But it's, it's kind of like a misleading support because he gives him the support and they just kind of like interact here and there because he's just so into his studies. Yeah, it's like yeah. when someone gets like painkillers, you know, when they like injure themselves. And mm-hmm. of course they help the person, but then like sometimes those painkillers will be so addictive, people will purposefully injure themselves like themselves again to get more. Yeah, that's a... That's, so I feel like that's, that's kind of Victor and his relationship with Waldman is he just works so hard to keep getting more and more praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Collects the attention of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he creates his monster, there's like no way he's gonna get praise for that, and so he just hides it and doesn't. Yeah. And he just stops chemistry altogether because he's ashamed of what he's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he learns like Chinese and Arabic. So good for him. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's the end of that segment. How does this portion of the reading develop the creature as a character? And also, how what does it suggest about what it means to be a human? Wow, this is kind of heavy. It's a yeah. hefty question. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird how he starts out as like a giant man baby. Yeah, but like isn't he's like technically human, but made up of human parts? So he's like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really talk about how he like maintains homeostasis. Like, if he like uses the bathroom or even like sweats. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I would assume somehow he does, but... but I mean, he does I feel consume, like the thing he, he even says to himself is he's a giant man-baby, but he didn't have a mother and father to teach him everything. He only learned from observation and experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't so have sad. the support that Victor has. But, mm-hmm. but then, I think when he kind of, like, observes the family in the woods, and he also, like, gets kind of, like, taught with them, um, I feel like it becomes that he's, like, more human because he's learning, like, the language and learning compassion and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is kind of the why people are human is because they have, you know, souls and they're allowed to feel compassion and feel things. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of philosophical the way he is, like, totally just an outsider in a world that he's never experienced and then all of a sudden he's just thrown into everything and has to learn for himself from the basis of like speech and reading but like also literally just do i eat do i drink like he has to discern his um his senses and what he needs like from the very beginning mm-hmm. like he doesn't even know he's thirsty until like a few weeks in he's like oh that's what that is yeah so it's just really interesting because it's like there's very little needed to be a human i mean just be a human like don't be a monkey don't be a dog but I feel like what it means to be a human is to have compassion. And obviously some people lack that, but it's a very human trait just to have any sort of feelings yeah. with others. Like, he has feelings when he realized he was, like, hurting the family when he was stealing their food and stuff, and he could realize that they were, like, poor and stuff. But then I feel like he didn't really resignate himself as a human because he, he's, he doesn't look like a man, and he looks deformed and so people will see him 
as, like, a monster. Yeah. Instead of human. And I also feel like, going back to what I said earlier, I mean, there's definitely people that don't, like, that lack compassion, that are human, like, you know, your general serial killers. But, I mean, what does it classify then? Like, what does it mean to be human if you lack any feelings? Because I I honestly don't know. It's really, like, society that's making him not human and more of a monster. Because I feel like what makes him, like, man-human is his... It's not even his compassion. Just his ability to think in such a way that he realizes what he's doing has an impact. Even if he doesn't care what the impact is. Because, like, I feel like a serial killer would realize, oh... I'm killing these people, and that makes them sad. Like, even if they don't care, they can realize, you know? Yeah, but then Mm -hmm. that's also, like, how serial killers, like, want. They're like, oh, they they are sad. I want them to be sad. I want them to, like, feel, like, some, there may be, like, a trauma or something that happened. Like a sadist of some kind? Yeah, and they're like, I want them to feel the way that I felt, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like the creature just feels, like, alone and doesn't have any friends, and so... He feels like an outsider to the world. Yeah, I mean, he was cursed at birth, basically. He's this eight-foot-tall, dead guy, walking around. Everyone's terrified of him. Like, when he goes to the first village, like, people are, like, throwing knives at him. And mm-hmm. at that point, he felt the first emotion of, like, oh, this sucks. No one likes me. Like, all these happy people smiling and doing their thing, I can never be one of them. And I feel like that's, like, the first time he realizes what it is to be human is just to assimilate, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, because even, I mean, obviously it's an extreme example, but even people with just small disabilities, like, someone with, like, a birthmark, even. Someone who's just a different skin color, people are going to be, like, afraid of them or discriminate against them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then also, like, with the story of Safi and the injustice, he also learns how, like, she wasn't really accepted in her father, and so he kind of relates to that in a way, but mm-hmm. it's more about his looks. Yeah, I mean, I think humans really depend on appearances. Mm-hmm. We're really judgmental. I mean, because at first glance, you can't, I mean, you can't determine a lot about a person, but you can be like, oh, this person doesn't look like me, so I won't trust them, or this person looks weird. Mm-hmm. So that means... And people back then even, like, judge people by the color of their skin. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, clothing could even go as far. If someone's wearing, like, a ratty old t-shirt, you might be like, oh, that person's poor. Yeah. Even, mm-hmm. Or someone's, like you know, has a different skin color, you can immediately go to stereotypes you think about that. Or if someone's, like, male, female, or you can tell that someone's, like, maybe their sexual orientation or their religion, like, people immediately jump to conclusions. I feel like that also has to do with the media and um, propaganda. Oh, yeah, for sure. And how that can affect an entire population. Yeah, I mean, what you see on TV... Like, especially, you can, like, a good example of that is World War II. Like, the way the Japanese were depicted was, like, caricatures. Like, these people, I mean, Japanese people look like normal people. They look, you know, Asian, obviously, but it's not, like, their features were so exaggerated in propaganda in the United States that they literally look like not, like, not human. Like, the way humans pit against each other is a very just human thing, because, like, Animals kill each other for necessity. Humans kill each other for land or for oil or for something like totally. For power, yeah. Yeah, it's just like superficial. 
like animals kill each other for survival people kill each other for whatever <laughs> yeah to be to be like the king and like the god of the world yeah it's like people competing for people sitting in their little high chairs that can't just decide hey why don't you just like not steal land from this other place mm-hmm. yeah it's just so like to be human you need to be liked and rich and wealthy and beautiful so like humanity can be as simple as just having feelings or acknowledging that others do, or humanity can extend into, like, the really sad stuff, which is just, like, the selfishness that we all contain, that we all try to reject. Like, oh, no, I'm so compassionate. I'm like, are you? Are any of us? Yeah, you could be a vegetarian, but you probably still, like, I don't know, see someone on the street and judge them just because they look different. Like, And then they go behind someone's back and talk about them. Like, I think it's a lot about, like, comparison to, like, People literally always compare themselves oh, for sure. to other people, and like even in, even so, he's like, I don't look like those people. Like I'm like a monster. Like it just goes like, yeah. I feel yeah, yeah, and I feel like wrapping back into Frankenstein. Like Victor's never experienced discrimination. Like he's a rich white little, like guy, and he's smart, mm-hmm. and he's supposedly attractive. Supposedly. He's like never had to be compared or like had to worry about being less because he was always on the top of his game and everything. Mm-hmm. Because everyone in his life has, I mean, bowed down to him or respected him, except for, like, Kremf. Though he, like, discredits his alchemy, he still respects him as a student. Like, no one has ever challenged him. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I feel like the monster and him are so different because he just wants to kill the monster without even beginning to understand it. Yeah. So that's why he kind of sucks. And that's why the monster is human. Thank you, Go Knights. Does this mm. conclude the podcast? Per. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening Purr. to the podcast. <laughs> the podcast is concluded. Thank you, and Go Knights. Yep, thank you for listening.